Welcome to Inner Force. Your host is Angela King. Inner Force is all about using the tools within you to be a better leader. If you are looking to build a better business, connect more effectively with others, and become the leader you've always wanted to be, it's time to unleash your own inner force. Now, here is Angela King. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. We define inner force as our deepest, most authentic self and the source of our vitality. Inner force houses our deepest truths, our most tightly held values, and our intuition. And it's already within each of us. The mission of this show is to help create a set of practices to use in the midst of our busy day and lives that will do three things. First, help us connect to ourselves. Second, help us have a regenerative impact on the state of our inner world. And last, to provide fuel for us to bring our contribution out into the world. And this is incredibly important relative to our work as leaders. It's becoming increasingly obvious that the status quo of leadership is not enough to meet the challenges of this moment in our world. We need to bring more of ourselves and more of our capacities to the moment we are in. And this week, we are exploring a practice that does just that. Today, we'll explore the power of focusing our attention through leveraging the practice of mindfulness. We'll demystify what mindfulness is and talk about how to get started. And we'll learn how training our brains to focus our attention expands the capacity we have to connect with ourselves and then with others. Later in the show, in our New Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by James Flaherty, the founder of New Ventures West. James has a saying, quote, the practices we engage in shape our nervous system. Developing a mindfulness practice is a game changer in reshaping our nervous system, and it can fundamentally change the way we show up in our work and our lives for the better. In previous shows, we've talked about self-attunement as a skill that we need to develop and practice in order to have a more direct connection to ourselves. The skill of self-attunement is what we define as a physiological and emotional sensing of one's own current experience, rhythm, mood, and needs. When the axis is there, we can have a palpable experience of our inner force. We are clear about what we need and what we want. We can more easily access our deepest truths, and we can also more easily access our most tightly held values. And thus, we have more ability to act in accordance with those values and to make choices based on them. We have access to our energy, our vitality, our creativity, and our deepest levels of inner intelligence. Mindfulness is a practice that is foundational in helping us tune into our current experience that is happening in this moment and to meet that moment with what is actually required. Mindfulness is one of the most important tools related to accessing our inner force that already lies within each of us. Now, last week, we spoke about how we can benefit from increasing our awareness of our physical body through paying attention to our breath, our sense of groundedness, and our posture. Last week, our recommended practice of the week was adding in the five-second centering practice into our days. And I'm curious if you experimented with that, and if so, how it went for you. We'd love to hear from you, so please send any questions or comments you have to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, all of a sudden, it feels like mindfulness has gone from something obscure to something way more mainstream. And if you're like many people, you may have heard about it, you may have read about it, but you can't imagine its relevance to your work and your life. You might not be able to imagine how sitting still could possibly be beneficial when you have so many things to do on your to-do list. You may have even tried it and concluded that you just can't do it or that you're doing it wrong. I hear that a lot. We will learn that actually mindfulness isn't about adding more time to our day, but using the time we have differently and that there is absolutely no way to do it wrong. So let's talk about what it is. John Kabat-Zinn, one of the world's leaders in the mindfulness space, defines mindfulness as, quote, paying attention in a particular way on purpose, in the present moment, not judgmentally. 
When we engage in an activity with mindfulness, we bring a highly focused attention to what we are doing when we are doing it. Now, this may not seem revolutionary, but in our multitasking, multi-device, always-on lifestyle, actually focusing on what we're doing in the moment that we're doing it actually is really revolutionary. And we're literally training our brain to return our attention to what we're doing when we're doing it. And in the process, we naturally learn a great deal about ourselves, our thought patterns, and the way that our attention moves. We can think of it as a workout for our brain. And it will make you a better leader. There's no question about it. Organizations around the world are catching on to this fact. In fact, mindfulness has been taught at Google since 2007. Their program is called Search Inside Yourself. And it works in three steps. The first is attention training through the practice of mindfulness meditation. The second step is self-knowledge and self-mastery. And the third step is creating useful mental habits. At Google, they define attention training as, quote, attention is the basis of all higher cognitive and emotional ability. Therefore, any curriculum for training emotional intelligence has to begin with attention training. The idea is to train attention to create a quality of mind that is calm and clear at the same time. That quality of mind forms the foundations for emotional intelligence. Chade Meng Tan, an early Google pioneer, founded the program at Google and believes so strongly in the impact of it that he's founded an institute which is bringing mindfulness practices to people and corporations around the world. It's called the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute, or SILLY for short. You can read more about the program in his book entitled Search Inside Yourself, The Unexpected Path to Achieving Success, happiness, and world peace. In this book, he references the important science out there on mindfulness, which is now, of course, accessible in all kinds of places. He references the specific study done by Richard Davidson and John Kabat-Zinn, which was the first major study conducted in a business setting. Quote, the study showed that after just eight weeks of mindfulness training, the anxiety level of the subjects was measurably lower. It also showed significantly increased activity in the parts of the brain associated with positive emotions and improvement in immune function. So all of the research out there shows that mindfulness makes us less anxious, increases our levels of immunity, and increases activity in the areas of the brain associated with memory, learning, and perception. We also have come to learn that our brains are not static meaning that the practices we engage in shape our brain due to the neuroplasticity of our brains. So what we, what we do, think, and pay attention to actually changes the structure and function of the brain. Now, many of us know our nervous system has two main parts, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic systems. We talked a little bit about this last week. In short, the sympathetic system is what activates us and is often referred to the fight or flight system. It's activated under stress or extreme conditions and our system prepares to act, which of course served us very well when we needed to actually run away from a tiger. But now, of course, this system can get activated when we simply open our email or get cut off in traffic. Conversely, the parasympathetic nervous system operates during times of low stress. It maintains and conserves body energy and directs the activities we need to have our bodies function properly. So from a biology perspective, what are we actually doing when we begin to focus consciously on the present moment? We are calling in the parasympathetic part of our nervous system that slows things down and has us begin to get calm and clear. Eckhart Tolle in Dan Harris's book, 10% Happier, says, make the present moment your friend rather than your enemy. Because so many people live habitually as if the present moment were an obstacle that they need to overcome in order to get to the next moment. And imagine living your whole life like that, where always this moment is never quite right, not good enough because you need to get to the next one. That is continuous stress. When we learn to bring our attention into the current moment, we begin to alleviate that stress. And we also begin to tap into so much more of ourselves. Sharon Salzberg in her book, Loving Kindness, puts it this way. 
quote, completeness and unity constitute our most fundamental nature as living beings. That is true for all of us. No matter how wonderful or terrible our lives have been, no matter how many traumas and scars we may carry from our past, no matter what we have gone through or what we are suffering now, our intrinsic wholeness is always present and we can recognize it. Mindfulness gives us a tool we can use every day throughout our day. And as we use it more and more, it supports us in recognizing our intrinsic wholeness. As we use it more and more, it has us develop more capacity for recognizing the intrinsic wholeness in others. And this is what we need to change the world. To recognize the intrinsic wholeness, the divine spark, the inner force in ourselves and each other. When we can recognize the spark in ourselves and each other, we can have more compassion. We can have more capacity to be in difficulty and conflict together. We can have respect for each other, even when we disagree. What could we accomplish if more of us had this capacity? Can you imagine how your experience at work would change if you had more capacity or your team members had more capacity to be in difficulty during stressful meetings? My guess is that if we could do this, we would make some very positive changes in both the output of what we create and how we feel while we're doing it. And that's the opportunity here and why I have so much passion around this. The practices we can cultivate to strengthen the connection we have with ourselves and with others can raise our individual and collective consciousness levels. And in this moment, in our difficulty in the broader world, our consciousness must begin to rise. This is the moment when we need every person in every corner of the earth, no matter who you are and what you do, we need you and us all to rise and to step in to all that is already inside our individual inner worlds, our inner intelligence, our vitality, and then bring it out to the world. Mindfulness is an ancient practice that can help us in the moment to be present, to meet ourselves and each other where we are, and to begin to build bridges that we need in order to rise. We need to take a quick break and we'll be back to hear more about how mindfulness can support us and how we can step in. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. 
Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. We're talking about mindfulness today and how mindfulness practices builds the muscle that results in us being more present and available to ourselves, to our media experience, and to others. We can think about it like a workout for our brain. So how do we do it? The easiest way to teach people mindfulness is to suggest that you take an activity that you already do every day and to create an intention to use the activity as a part of your mindfulness practice. The activity can be anything. Something as simple as brushing your teeth, washing your dishes, eating your lunch, taking a walk, etc. So you'll begin the activity, and then the idea is to bring your focus to the act of doing the activity fully while you are doing it. When you bring your focus to what you're doing, it may help to focus on your five senses, how the activity feels to do, how it sounds, how it smells, how it tastes, or how it looks. If you take the example of washing your dishes, you can focus on how the water feels in your hands, how the soap smells, the sound of the running water, and how the bubbles form on the dishes. This sounds simple, right? Almost silly, really. And yet it can be super difficult to do, given the wandering nature of our mind. So you'll bring your focus to the activity, and then your mind will wander to your to-do list, to what happened earlier in the day, what's going to happen later, etc. And when you find your mind wandering, simply say something to yourself like thinking, without judgment, and bring your focus back to what you are doing when you are doing it. That's the practice. As Deepak Chopra says, the best way to be in the present moment is to be aware that you're not in the moment. As soon as you're aware that you're not in the moment, you're in the moment. (laughs) I love that. What's so challenging is that we often get frustrated with ourselves when we can't stay focused. Some of us will even criticize ourselves for not being able to stay focused. And yet this is what we are actually practicing, to simply begin to notice the nature of how our attention moves. There's no perfect way to do this or, quote, right way. I hear a lot of people say, I can't do mindfulness or I can't meditate or I must be doing something wrong. There's actually no wrong way to do it at all. And the fact is that our mind naturally wanders. This is not doing it wrong. The practice and the muscle that we're building is simply noticing that we're not in the moment and bringing ourselves back and to keep trying breath by breath. We're literally training our brain to return our attention to what we're doing when we're doing it. And in the process, we naturally learn a great deal about ourselves, our thought patterns, and the way our attention moves. So one question I get asked a lot is, what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation? And the distinction that I offer here is that mindfulness can be applied to any activity throughout the course of our day. Meditation is the more formal form of this practice where we take time out of our day to sit and simply pay attention to how we direct our attention. Today we'll primarily be focused on mindfulness, but if you'd like to engage in meditation, the more formal practice of mindfulness, that's terrific. The same concepts that we talk about today will apply to both forms of the practice. I typically recommend starting with what feels like a really manageable amount of time, for example, just 10 minutes, and then to add a minute a day or even a minute a week, depending on how you want to step into this. And if 10 minutes is too long, try five or try two. Just figure out a way to get started. You'll also want to find a comfortable position to, to do this in. Seated on a chair is absolutely fine. You don't have to sit in any particular way, like a lotus position, in order to get the benefits. The main thing is to sit with a straight spine. It can actually be helpful when we're just starting out to have your feet, your feet firmly planted on the floor as well. And you can use your breath as an anchor. Just with a mindfulness practice, you'll, you'll begin to find your mind wandering off into thinking, and then we'll label it thinking and come back to the breath. 
Now, when we first begin this process, we will most likely find that it's extremely hard to concentrate on what we are doing when we are doing it. The nature of our thoughts is often referred to as the monkey mind because without a conscious practice, our attention jumps from thought to thought to thought. We're constantly lost in our thoughts about something, something that may have happened in the past or something that's going to happen in the future. We start to encounter the ongoing commentary that is our thoughts. And when we begin to notice this, we are on our way. This is actually great news because what we've done is shine a spotlight on our thoughts using the simple task of bringing our attention to it. And in that process, we're making the unconscious more conscious. We can start to notice the nature of the commentary and we may find that the nature of it is exceptionally negative. This is actually something we'll address next week when we step further into our inquiry around the power of our thoughts. So whether we're doing mindfulness practice through the course of our day or meditating and doing the practice more formally, we're beginning to cultivate what is commonly referred to as the observer. We begin to know that we are not our thoughts. We are the person observing our thoughts. And this realization is a game changer. As we begin to observe our thoughts, we separate from being identified with them to essentially watching them. Some have used an analogy of where we are standing on top of a bridge as the observer, watching the river of our thoughts pass under the bridge. Once, we were in, once we're in the observation seat, we can begin to pay attention to the nature of our thoughts, and this is where our level of consciousness begins to rise. So how does this skill translate into our work and to our lives? It means we can be in a moment of difficulty with more presence. We can be more calm in the midst of a storm or whatever crisis we are in. When we are calm, we can bring more of ourselves, our problem-solving skills, our expertise, our inner intelligence, and our creativity to meet that moment of difficulty. And certainly, we can all benefit from that, and so can our larger world. Now, personally, I used to be concerned that if I started practicing mindfulness or meditation that I would lose my edge that I would lose my relatability and to get really superficial for a minute, that I would even lose my fashion sense, that I'd end up wearing a bad version of unflattering dresses and wonky shoes. Now, none of this has come to be. I simply have more capacity to meet whatever moment I'm in. I can meet the happy ones with more joy and the difficult ones with more calm. As we've said, it's a workout for the brain, and in the process, all the research says that we will get various health benefits from doing it. But still, we avoid getting started. Why is that? Well, that's a question we can inquire into. Part of it probably has to do with the fact that as we begin to turn towards the present moment, we will often encounter our inner turmoil. This is what makes cultivating an inner life challenging. This is where most people stop. And this is where our invitation to you is to keep going. Because in order to raise our individual and collective consciousness, we have to begin to keep turning towards ourselves, to keep going even as we encounter difficulty in our immediate experience. We may begin to encounter feelings like how anxious we are or how resentful we feel. We may encounter sadness or even our own vulnerability. There can be all kinds of unpleasant emotions that we've been avoiding. As we bring our awareness into the current moment, we may begin to feel physical sensations that we've also been avoiding, like how tired we are or how in pain we might be. We will encounter our inner dialogue that can often be self-critical, and we'll spend more on that topic next week. So encountering all of these things can be super uncomfortable, which is why we often turn away and focus externally to distract ourselves with our phones, social media, or TV instead of choosing to sit with ourselves. So what can we do to support ourselves when we encounter this difficulty? We can tap into all that we learned last week around how our physical body can support us, using our breath, our sense of groundedness, and our posture to help hold the difficulty that we encounter the centering practice that we introduce can be a great support for us. We can also support ourselves in this journey by engaging with what we call the three C's. Courage to get started in the first place. Curiosity to get interested in what's happening in our thoughts and feelings. And compassion to be kind to ourselves no matter what we find. 
we can learn that we have a choice of what to do with our thoughts and feelings. We have choice in how we respond to both what may be arising in our inner dialogue and experience, either when we are alone or in conversation with a coworker or a loved one. Mindfulness builds the muscle of noticing what is happening within us and gives us the power to begin to choose. Viktor Frankl, in his book, Man's Search for Meeting, talked about it this way. He said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Mindfulness teacher George Mumford, who works with all kinds of professional athletes, particularly in the NBA teaching mindfulness, brings up the idea of space, the space between our thoughts and how we can begin to cultivate the power to choose our response. He expanded on this Viktor Frankl quote in his book, The Mindful Athlete, where he said, life is all about the stimulus that we experience in the world and the way we interpret that in our minds. We can react to this stimulus in various knee-jerk ways with anger, agitation, anxiety, fear, crazing, doubt, guilt, or we can respond to this stimulus by getting still, paying attention on purpose to what thoughts and feelings come up within ourselves without judgment and by acting from this center space of calm. The former way of being will keep us stuck in the same place. The latter way of being, as Frankel suggests, will lead us on a path to personal transformation, freedom, and flow. We need leaders in every corner of the world who have cultivated more capacity to choose their response in the midst of chaos, difficulty, and crisis. I love this quote from the Enneagram Institute, which says, The deepest source of real power lies in consciousness and the ability to be present in all circumstances. Imagine if we had a world full of leaders exercising that kind of real power. We would change the world. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be back for our New Ventures West segment, in which we'll speak to James Flaherty, the founder of New Ventures West. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through Masterful Conversations, a three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. 
please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, in our New Ventures West segment, we are honored to have James Flaherty with us. James is the founder of New Ventures West and the author of Coaching, Evoking Excellence in Others, which is widely recognized as a seminal text in the field of coach education and is used internationally in universities and coach training institutions. James developed the New Ventures West approach to coaching by integrating recent discoveries in linguistics, developmental psychology, 20th century philosophy, and biology into the practical and customized methodology known as integral coaching. James, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, Angela, what a pleasure to talk to you and to your audience. So thanks for inviting me. And today, as you know, we're talking about mindfulness. And I thought maybe that we could start with your view of the purpose of taking up a mindfulness practice in our, in our lives. I immediately think of um, Ariana Huffington's beautiful quote that, in which she says, the most precious resource we have is our attention. What mm-hmm. are we going to pay attention to? So yeah. we, we can always, uh, I suppose we can find more money from somewhere or have more people in our life or get better food or exercise or read more and get more educated. But our attention really requires us to attend to it because we are in a world, as you know and I know and everyone who's listening to this knows, where it's so easy for us to be distracted. Maybe we're in the high point of human civilization in terms of how many distracting elements are around us. So mindfulness is the opportunity, the chance, the competency that we can build that lets us turn our attention to those things that are important for us. Because if we don't pay attention to them, they're going to go by anyway and have an effect on us that we don't know. And also, mindfulness is, in my understanding of it, is another synonym. It's another word for being present, being in the middle of our life. So when when we are uh, talking to a colleague at work or talking to our young child or talking to our beloved, are we going to be present there? Are we going to be able to pay attention? One of the things that I've discovered about mindfulness over the years is we can't just turn it on when we want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you've seen that too? (laughs) I have seen that too. (laughs) Right. Like, Like, okay, here's an important event coming up in my life. Let me be mindful then. It's a little bit too late. It's like um, (laughs) looking at your schedule and saying, okay, on next Thursday, I have to pick up a 50-pound weight. Well, I'll just have to be strong then. But mindfulness, uh, like uh, physical strength, has to be cultivated through practice. Yes. And one of the, the marvelous things about about it, and then I'll, I'll stop talking. Apparently, I can go on and on. One of the uh, fantastic things about mindfulness is it doesn't require any special equipment, any special circumstances. We can do it anytime. We can do it, in, you know, in the morning when I am taking my shower. I can do it when I am drinking my coffee. I can do it as I uh, start to tie my shoes. Am I present? Am I paying attention to the physical sensations? Am I I noticing the sensory input, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing? That will bring me right here, give me a chance to focus my attention. Yes, beautiful. And that leads us right into the practice of the week that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, which is exactly that of cultivating the practice of bringing our attention to our everyday activities as a way to build this muscle. Because as you say so well, we can't just turn it on when we want to. We have to practice. Mm -hmm. And the 
you know, you you have a saying that I've heard you say many times, which is, and we've introduced uh, a few shows ago, which is that the practices we engage in shape our nervous system. And so I'm curious if you might elaborate on on your view of how mindfulness does that. Right. So um, mindfulness is uh, a chance for us to be deeply present. And that the more present we are, the more our nervous system calms down. Yeah. Which is, uh, may, may, at first seems strange because, well, if I'm mindful in the middle of, say, uh, a crisis at work or a pain in my body, does not just have me be more agitated. Well, agitation and uh, the setting off of the sympathetic nervous system, the part of our automatic nervous system that floods, our, floods us with stress hormones and um, has our heart beat faster and rushes blood to our organs because our nervous system at that moment imagines we're in some sort of crisis. Yeah. All that gets triggered almost uh, exclusively by what we're thinking about, what we're imagining might happen next. And, oh, no, that's the, our nervous system getting triggered. But right. in the middle of something happening, and I'm sure you've had this because I know you have a little boy, that um, our children will fall down and they'll, run to us and they'll be hurt or cut or bleeding. So if that moment we can be mindful and pay really close attention to, our, of course, our child, but also to our own body, it, it, it will calm. Yes. And we will be able to, and here's the real payoff for it or the real wonderful result from being mindful is we can appropriately respond. We're not... Uh, flying into the future or having some memory of our own past injuries get in the way of functioning in the moment. So mindfulness, as we practice it, and there's lots of different ways of practicing it, so you'll bring away in the practice for this week. There's also, of course, daily practices of meditation of all different sorts that we can take up. We can go on even meditation retreats where hour after hour we cultivate this marvelous skill. Over a period of time, it starts to bring about a condition in our nervous system where we feel really spacious. There's lots of room for whatever occurs in life so that we don't get knocked over by it. Right. You know, an external an external event, or sometimes our own thoughts can knock us off. We get afraid of something, or we get shocked by something, or we're criticizing ourselves about something that happened or didn't happen, or we're in some gigantic anticipation of what if. <laughs> yeah. Mindfulness over a period of time uh, doesn't diminish the impact of those things. It doesn't make us less alive. It's not like a narcotic that kind of puts a soft haze on everything. We feel things as they are, but we have more room for them. They don't affect us. They don't push us around. They don't uh, land in our head like an avalanche. Yeah. It can be, yeah. And doesn't that seem... Go ahead. Yeah, doesn't that seem like the what we so need in this moment of time where our leaders are tasked with so many crises and difficulties and we all in the midst of the challenges that we're faced in the world right now need to step in with more capacity with more resiliency to meet the moment that is happening as it's happening with more of ourselves beautiful that's so, that's so correctly said and so beautifully said, accurately said. And that mindfulness as we cultivate it lets us pay attention to the particular event that's in front of us and not the one that was kind of sort of like it a week ago or the one we thought might happen in two months, <laughs> but the particular conversation we're in or the particular situation. And then, as you said, we are able to bring our <clears throat> calmness to it, our centeredness to it, and we all know from our own experience, but also from the, the reading we may have done about how the body works, 
that when we are calm and centered, we are, have direct access to all of our gifts, all, all our inner resources, our experience, what we've learned, what we've gone through, similar things that we've dealt with in the past. All that becomes available to us when we're centered, when we're present, and that gets uh, more likely when we're mindful, especially if we take up mindfulness as a daily activity. It changes the set point from our nervous system. Yeah. Uh, yeah, most people that we meet <clears throat> these days were on hyper drive all the time. Because so much is coming after us, sorry, after us, at us. And we, yeah. we're always so busy that we, get, we don't get a chance to settle. Yeah. And I think another one of the concepts that you've introduced to me through the our work together is this idea of practicing when it's easy so that it will be there for you when it's hard. <laughs> And to me, this is exactly what, you know, we're talking about is how to get, how to do it when you're tying your shoe, as you said earlier, or drinking your coffee and practice then so that when you're in the heated crisis situation at work or you're dealing with a situation with your child that is scary or difficult on some level, that you have more of yourself in that moment to not just be there for it, but also respond, as you say, uh, uh, with the appropriate response. That's right. Yeah. Close people in my life is a firefighter, and she's such a good firefighter that she now trains other firefighters, and that's the whole wow. basis of their work is they yes. train and train and train so that when they have to run into a, a burning building or they show up at someone's home and there's been an that's accident right. and uh, the person's heart has stopped. Yes, if you want all of your your capacities in that moment. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So we're going to have to unfortunately take a break and we'll be right back to talk about more about how we take this out into our lives. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. We're continuing our chat with James Flaherty, founder of New Ventures West and the Integral Coaching Method. So, James, let's talk a little bit about getting your perspective on what we will encounter as we start a mindfulness practice. I think it, it occurs in several layers. The first is the wonder and the beauty of the world we encounter right away when we become mindful. So I'm looking out of my window right now, and I can see how green the leaves are and the light coming off a car across the road and the clouds. We have a strange cloudy sky in San Francisco, unusual for us today. So we encounter that right away. If we stay with it, though, the next layer is often not so pleasant because then we notice the condition of our mind and the condition of our body. Sometimes when people become 
more uh, attuned, more mindful, they say, oh, my mindfulness is making me anxious. Well, it turns out, no, the mindfulness isn't making us anxious. We're noticing that we're walking around in a condition of anxiety. Really important to find out. Or people say, well, you know, as I become more mindful, as I'm paying attention, I start to notice it's giving me all these aches and pains in my body. Suddenly my neck hurts and my shoulder hurts and this pain in my knee. Mindfulness is not good. Well, same thing. It's that we are walking around with those pains all the time and we don't notice them. We're compensating unconsciously for them. So what happens when we start to pay attention is, yes, the beauty of the world shows up and then the condition that we've put ourselves in by how we live is there. And once we find out what that condition is, our emotional state, our mental state, our physical state, we can be more sensitive in how and more careful more careful and more caring in how we care we we attend to ourselves. Beautiful. And then um mindfulness has uh, endless depths. There's no end to what we can discover, so as we stay with it. Like I said, the beauty of the world, then some of the sometimes the difficult experiences that we haven't been paying attention to, and then other parts of reality start to appear. For example, we start to notice that there's a separation, there's a distinction between me, the one who's observing, the one who's experiencing, and that which I'm experiencing. Yes. What is it that I'm mindful of? But I'm the one who has the awareness. That is this extraordinary moment of freedom and release when I can notice my thoughts, my experiences, my body sensations arise within awareness in a mindful state and know myself as not one who has to be overwhelmed by that or defined by that or corralled by that or limited by it. Instead, I could have experiences of all different sorts and be able to stay with them and also to know that my well-being, and this is really so gorgeous when it happens, my well-being is not a matter of the circumstances that happen because sooner or later, we're all going to have difficult circumstances in our life. And uh, if we have attended to our mindfulness, we'll have discovered ourselves as the one who is observing experience, not the one who is determined by it. So that when something difficult happens to ourself or to our family or to our colleagues or someone that we care about, we can bring love and compassion and not collapse or anger to the circumstance because we know ourselves as free from the circumstance, not not distance and unaffected, but not identified with what we're experiencing. Yeah. Those are some of the things that start to happen as we attend to mindfulness. And what a game changer it can be when that starts to happen. I mean, you're talking about shifting the entire way you orient to the world. That's right. Yeah. My sense of myself, my identity changes. Yeah. And yeah. I start to know everyone else differently as well. Yes. Yes. And it and seems to me, again, to bring back this moment in time, that that is exactly what is being called for in this moment of time, that we start to orient to ourselves and each other in a new and different and more alive, more present way. As I've been saying to lots of people, Angela, that uh, that the space of being upset about what's happening has been covered. There's plenty of us who are upset. We got it. You're upset. Yes. yes. Now what? Yes. Now can we, That's right. can we respond creatively? Not if we're overcome by our being uh, upset or disturbed or shocked. Yes. Yes, we can feel that. But that's not the limit of how we can respond. Yes. And I wish that we could keep talking for hours, but unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up here. I'm so grateful to you, James, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us and share your insights. Thank you so much for joining. You're very welcome. A great pleasure for me to talk to you and 
explore this important topic with everyone. Thank you, James. All right, my friends. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. And as we go into our remaining minutes here, I'd like to introduce the practice of the week, which is mindfulness. And we're calling it a workout for our brain. This is something you can download on fuelinnerforce.com. And what we're going to do is take an existing activity, something you do daily, which is a part of your routine, something easy like brushing your teeth or washing your dishes. And there's going to be three steps. Step one is begin the activity and bring your focus fully to the act of doing it while you're doing it. We're going to ask, as James alluded to earlier, that you focus on your five senses, how it feels to do in your hands, perhaps, how it smells, tastes, what it looks like, maybe even how it sounds. Step two, your mind will wander right off into thinking, and that is a part of the process. Step three is that you notice that your mind has wandered. Simply say to yourself, I'm thinking. And without judgment, bring your focus back to what you're doing when you're doing it. We are training our brain to return our attention to the present moment. And our breath can be an important anchor in this process because focusing on our breath brings us directly into the present moment. We're going to invite you to use what we call the three C's. Courage to start to try this in the first place, curiosity to learn about the nature of your thoughts, and compassion to be kind to yourself no matter what you find. And again, you can get a recap of this on fuelinnerforce.com. As we learn to direct our attention, we give ourselves the gift of being able to choose our focus and how we invest our energy in any given moment. This is what being connected to our inner force is all about. That concludes today's show. We hope you'll turn in next week when we talk about the power of our thoughts. We'll discuss the nature of our inner dialogue and how it affects the results we get in our work and our lives. We'll investigate how we can cultivate the power to shift that dialogue to fuel our transformation and our energy. Join us next week here on the Voice America Business Channel on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. The most important connection we have is the one we cultivate with ourselves. Connect, ignite, rise. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Thank you for tuning in this week to Inner Force. Be sure to join host Angela King for another program next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Inner Force. Connect. Ignite. Rise.